0: Federal Drive is presented by GEHA, Government Employees Health Association, proudly providing health and dental benefits to federal employees and their families. Visit GEHA.com.
1: Human capital officers have one big message for the Office of Personnel Management. Limited resources, they say. That's the single greatest impediment to long-term workforce planning. OPM's recent review of human capital management in the government shows both successes and challenges – Here with more on the results, Federal News Network's Drew Friedman. And Drew, let's start with a reminder of what OPM covers in this annual human capital review.
2: So each year, OPM will meet with different human capital leaders from different agencies to understand what challenges they have in workforce planning and what successes they've had over the last year. When you look at workforce planning, what that actually means is how do you manage human capital or the workforce of an agency? So that can mean anything from making sure that you have the right people, the right skills, the right person in the right position, and having them there at the right time as well. These human capital reviews are really an opportunity for agency leaders to tell OPM where they are struggling and maybe offer some suggestions to OPM for where they need help and where they need OPM to uh, look at to try to help with this long-term workforce planning.
1: And why are they saying that resources? Do they mean enough people in the HR staff and other funding issues that they can't do better future workforce planning?
2: It's a combination of both of those. What they're referring to is really financial resources. Number one, it's just the amount of budget or funding that they have to put towards workforce innovations and scaling these practices to try to best plan for what skills they're going to need both right now and for the future. But of course, like you said, it's also this matter of skills, having the right skills on staff, having the right employees in human capital or human resources departments to be able to help create that workforce plan.
1: Got it. All right. And so workforce planning, they need their own people to do. And I'm when they say they don't have enough resources, they probably mean they don't have enough people to carry out the plans they would want, I guess.
2: That is part of it for sure. And You know, as I'm sure you've heard many times and I have as well, this idea of strategic human capital management uh, has been on the government accountability offices high risk list since 2001. So more than two decades, GAO has said that skills gaps or not having enough uh, employees at agencies or in HR is contributing to a lot of these really big Fundamental challenges for government overall. So I think what you're hearing is an, an echo here from agency human capital leaders themselves, saying a similar problem is is what they're experiencing on their end as well.
1: What else is challenging workforce planning? What are some of the other things that were reported to OPM in this latest review?
2: So interestingly, one thing that a lot of human capital leaders are focusing on or want to try to do more of is uh, looking at data, workforce data, and analyzing that data. But while they do have access to a lot of data, for example, on things like the age of their workforce, attrition levels, etc., OPM found that through these conversations and the reviews that they had on human capital, that agencies didn't really have the expertise or the capacity to be able to manage that data or understand how to use that data to make changes to their workforce going forward. So now you have a lot of human capital leaders at different agencies asking OPM for help interpreting or understanding their workforce data and asking OPM for help as well in training uh, for their HR workforce to be able to understand that data, and then just make workforce planning changes based on it.
1: So that whole idea of understanding the data and using the data in the work you're doing, that's a skill gap in the HR staffs themselves, in effect.
2: Exactly. It is a government-wide skills gap in in data and understanding data like that. But in HR staffs specifically, um, I think agency human capital leaders have said it would help them understand how to best plan or what types of skills or what areas of their workforce they're going to need to improve both right now and in the future.
1: Well, personally, I like to manage things emotionally. Data just gets in the way of doing what you really want to do, I suppose. <laughs> and there's some good examples of things that happened well. What are some of those?
2: So OPM, in addition to highlighting some of the, the challenges that agencies faced in workforce planning, they also highlighted a lot of successes over the last year or so from different agencies so for one, the education department, they created what they said is called a workforce dashboard, and this is a way that agency leaders can understand or take a look at at least at the workforce data. And they also did some budget projections to understand what type of staffing they would need to be able to, you know, continue meeting their mission. At NASA, they also use data and data dashboards to understand the, their workforce and where they might need to have some improvements And NASA also had um, a pretty significant change in their recruitment Uh, over the last year. They were able to reduce their time to hire from 134 days down to 71 days. So that is a pretty significant difference. So I think uh, OPM is saying, I think they're trying to highlight a lot of these examples from agencies to hopefully show others where or how they can they can reach that same level.
1: All right. And getting back to some of the issues identified, lack of resources and data skills that are affecting all of this planning activity, besides admiring the problem, were there some good recommendations to OPM to do something about it?
2: So one area, and this is pretty interesting, Tom, too, because I know OPM has talked a lot about this recently. One area that a lot of agency human capital leaders have been asking for help with is um, in pooled hiring, and OPM has planned a lot of pooled hiring initiatives for out for the next year. This is essentially when different agencies who are hiring for the same or similar types of positions can use the same list of uh, qualified candidates to hire from, which eases the hiring process. So they've asked OPM as they are ramping up pooled hiring over the ne- next year or so that one of the areas that agencies want help with in in terms of pooled hiring is for student interns. So they're asking OPM to do a government-wide announcement and let agencies share certificates for their internship programs for this coming summer.
1: This is not the first and it won't be the last review of Human Capital by OPM. Did the agency indicate what it plans to focus on for the next time?
2: So they are going to look a little bit closer at this uh, goal of improving data analysis and being able to understand how data can help with workforce planning. Uh, OPM right now is in the process of organizing the human capital reviews. They'll take place in March, so just a couple months from now. And um, that's when OPM will start collecting that data and then eventually turn it into a more comprehensive report or review of what's going to be needed or worked on over the next year.
1: Well, it's good OPM's listening to the right people, you might say.
2: Yeah, I suppose that's true.
1: (laughs) If you're in personnel, listen to the personnel people. Federal News Network's Drew Friedman. Thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. Be sure to check out her story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Leadership today, especially within the federal workforce, is being tested more than ever before.
0: Having a people first culture really starts with the people in order to get our incredibly difficult mission accomplished. In terms of leadership, which is a great question, I think we all know that culture is really driven by leadership and the, the behaviors that we allow and we, uh, you know, uh, reinforce in our leaders. So we really work at making sure that our leaders are bringing out the best in their people every day. So again, that they feel they can bring their voice, especially an opinion that might not go along with the majority of a group so that we get that diverse perspective, we get those different ideas and experiences. And that's really where we find that it's important that leaders are purposefully bringing out their talent on their teams to enable our mission.
3: Yeah, excellent. We're, we're going through a, a culture project at our work. Oh, great. Yeah, it's, um, it's been six months in the making and it's going really well, but it is work. Yes. And it requires from the top down. So I'm, I'm also involved in that. I hear you. Right. Throughout your career, you piloted many different talent management programs, including at NASA, the CIA, the FBI, just to name a few. And you have an amazing career. What have you learned or how have you might have changed along the way in creating and leading those programs?
0: Yes. And I I. I am so honored to have had a career in public service across multiple federal agencies, always in the realm of human resources and workforce performance. And I think because I study organizations and people in them, I've come to realize, particularly in the federal government, that many of our programs are really grounded in the industrial era thinking, that this is organizationally structured in a hierarchy with boxes and lines on charts, uh, with the center being around jobs and what do we need to get this job done in terms of skills and training. And what I found is that we're really not in the industrial era anymore where we would promote the smartest people who knew that work and they would then tell the people on their team how to do things and oversee that work. We're now in a digital era and the information era where work gets done collaboratively across geographic boundaries and certainly across org charts.
3: in the federal system with that focus.
0: Isn't that a great title? I just love the title Chief People Officer, and I think it's my dream job, really, to be focused on people and culture and the workforce strategy for the whole agency. And I'm just so excited to be at CISA. At this point in time, we're only four years young as an agency, so we're really still creating who we're going to become as an agency and what is our culture and what kind of people and talent do we need to be sure we have to be successful. So it's very exciting for me to be in this role with a intentional focus on culture, because it's one of those things, if you leave it to chance and you kind of hope it goes the way you want it to, it probably won't. So by building programs, including leadership development programs, including certain activities that we would hope would, in, would increase engagement. In this era, you can't do once a year and understand what your employees' experiences are, what they need, what's working well, and what needs to improve. We need active, uh, ongoing listening programs. So one of the things we're doing at CISA is having more pulse surveys, having more focus groups and what we call sensing sessions, expecting our leaders to have office hours where anybody can come and just talk about what's going well, what do they need, how, how are things going, um, because I, we feel like it is an ongoing need to hear from our people. And I think in this role and over the years of serving, I've also realized there's never a one-size-fits-all. You know, we think certain people need certain things at certain times in their career. There's no one-size-fits-all. Neither can we also customize everything to every individual. So there's got to be a sweet spot in building really great talent programs, but also, like I said, thinking about, can we do this in modules? Can we make it a menu? Can we do it just in time as people need it so they can practice the new skill or knowledge in their role? So I think we have such great opportunity, again, with the technology that enables us to really um, focus on how we connect people with their work and their team to get things done in in very new ways.
3: This is always an interesting question. Is there a figure either from your personal life, your past, somewhere in history generally, that inspired you, your leadership style, um, how you view leadership?
0: There are many figures who have been very inspirational to me, but there is one that sticks out, and that's my mother, Paula Brownlee, who has been a very inspiring leader to me all my life. And I think because first and foremost, she had a strong family and a strong career. And that's something I always wanted. And I saw her first as my mother, but then I also saw her as a leader in her career and in academia, which was her chosen field. But I always knew her family came first. And as I saw how she balanced different family needs with also a, a growing and more and more prominent um, career positions in leadership, that she had to balance that. And I think I learned from her that you can have both, you have to, you have to focus on different things through your career um, and through your life, but that you don't have to trade one for the other. Um, I've been married, happily married for 32 years, and I'm a mother of twins.